Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. Listen each week for updated content and be sure to share with your friends. We hope this podcast is a blessing and a resource to you as you pursue God daily. You know, we've been in a series called Summer on the Mount. Summer on the Mount. And um, we've been looking at the words of Jesus from the Sermon on the Mount. And today is the last installment. And so we're looking at the last thing that Jesus is leaving them with that day. I mean, the equivalent would be, you know, Jesus is landing the plane. One of the disciples is coming up on keys behind him. This is the last thing that he's going to leave them with from this great message He's got this parable that he wants to communicate, and this is basically summing everything up. And so we're going to read from Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 29. So let's read together. Jesus says, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. Like a person who builds a house on solid rock, though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand, and when the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. And it says, when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, for he taught with real authority, quite unlike the teachers of religious law. And so what I want to do, I want to go through this passage Look at it verse by verse, but I want to start at the end first because I feel like it's going to set up our talk a little bit today. You know, it says that they were amazed at the teaching of Jesus because he taught with real authority. You know, you can just imagine them being on that mountainside, hearing the words of Jesus, and they're hanging on the edge of their seat, man. They're hanging on every word that he has to say because this is the Son of God. And when he speaks, it's coming from real authority. You know, I think about it like this. Growing up, um, man, I've always loved sports, man. I've always been a big sports fan, but I never played them that great, you know? Not not a lot of experience playing them, but I love watching them, man. Huge LSU fan, all the Louisiana teams. But I remember in high school, um, you know, I did try to go out for the for the, uh, for the varsity basketball team. Not, not a lot of luck for the 5'10 Italian guys out there on the basketball court, but I was gonna give it my best shot. And on the day that we had basketball tryouts, we used to wear Timberland boots back in the day. Did anybody used to wear Timberlands? Um, and so I, I forgot my basketball shoes. And so all I had were my Timberlands and they kind of looked like, like high tops. So I figured I would try to pull it off. And I went through the layup line a couple times and I heard the coach's whistle blow and I heard him say, Musso, those aren't basketball shoes. Take it to the house. Take it to the house, he told me. I'll never forget that. Take it to the house. And he was right. They weren't basketball shoes, but I wasn't in love with his tone. And so I took it to the house and I never came back, man. That was the end of my playing days. That was, that was it. And so as much as I love sports, my opinion doesn't carry a whole lot of weight when I talk about it because I don't have a lot of success. But you know, if you're, if you're watching a basketball game with Michael Jordan and he starts talking about the ins and outs and the details, he's the greatest of all time. And so he's an authority on the subject. You listen to what he has to say. And so how much more when Jesus is talking about the kingdom of God 
He's talking about truly following him and what it means to live your life for him. This is the son of God who holds all authority. And so they're hanging on every word he says. And here we are 2,000 years later, and we're still amazed at the teachings of Jesus. So let's look at this passage. Let's start at the beginning. Let's just feel the weight of the words of Jesus today. Verse 24, Jesus says, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. You know, there's a big difference between having information and applying that information to your life. And I want to talk for a minute for what it means to hear and follow. It's not enough just to hear the teachings of Jesus. He says you've got to follow them as well. It's not just knowing what to do. You got to do it. You know, as I get a little bit older, uh, I'm trying to watch what I eat. My metabolism is slowing down, right? And so I'm trying to make good, de- good decisions, good choices about what I eat. And I found that my problem is not information. It's not that I don't know what to do. You know, I know what to do. I know what to eat. I know what not to eat. I think all of us have a pretty good handle on this, you know. Stay away from sugar. Stay away from carbs. If it tastes good, you basically can't eat it because it's bad for you. You know, you got to eat lean meats and fruits and vegetables. So I've got all of that, you know. I have all that information. My problem is pizza and, and ice cream and Blue Bell, Cookie Two-Step. That's my, that's my favorite. Popcorn at night. You know, it's not that I don't know what to do. Sometimes I just have a hard time doing it. And so you and I, when we hear the teachings, the words of Jesus, when we read God's word, Man, it's got to change the way that we live. It's got to make it into our everyday life. It's got to change the way that we talk. It's got to change the way that we think. It's got to change the way that we interact with people. It has to change us. You know, my wife, Danielle, and I, we've been married 24 years next week. We're going to have been married. And um, Danielle's my best friend, man, my absolute just favorite person on the planet. She's incredible. One of God's greatest, the greatest God, God's greatest gift to me outside of Jesus. I'm so thankful for Danielle. And, um, you know, I'm glad that we don't just love each other, but we like each other too. We get along, man. We hardly ever fight. And, uh, uh, you know, our kids are getting older and so we're spending more time together. And so I'm thankful for that, you know, that we don't just love each other, but we like each other because we spend a lot of time together. And, um, there's just a few things every once in a while. It's the little things, isn't it? The longer you've been married, it's the little things. And uh, there's just a couple things that'll cause a little friction. And one of them, I don't know if any of you guys can relate to this, but when we go through the drive through line at like a fast food restaurant, before I can pull off, she likes to check the order to make sure that they got everything correct. Does anybody else relate to this? And I don't know if it's my personality or what. I don't like for people to be uncomfortable or or awkward. It's just me. I just like for everything to be smooth. And so I I feel a lot of pressure in that moment because I know the people behind me see that I've got my food, but I'm not going anywhere. (laughs) They're hungry. They've been waiting in line just like me. And And more than that, you know, you got the employee that just handed you the food and you're checking their work in real time. And they're just watching you check it, you know. And it's not even me, it's her. And so we're just left with this awkward interaction. And so it drives me crazy. I'm like, please, you know. And she's like, I got to check it. I make sure everything's right. So with that being said, a couple years ago, 
we took our family to vacation at Universal Studios in Florida, and we decided to do two parks in one day. And it was a lot, man. We got there at like 9 a.m. We didn't leave till like 9 or 10 p.m. that night. We were exhausted. I remember being so tired that night. I mean, we were just exhausted. And we're leaving the park, and uh, the kids are hungry, and we see a Chick-fil-A sign off the interstate, and so we go get in line at Chick-fil-A. And there was a long line. We finally get through it, and um, I didn't do the thing. I didn't stop. I probably acted like I forgot, but I, I didn't forget, you know? <laughs> and so I pulled off, and I was nervous. I was like, man, this better be right. You know, I hope it's right. And we got about a mile down the road when disaster struck. You know, yeah, if you guys, you know, parents, you know how it is. I'm driving, she's passing out everybody's food. And then when it gets to hers, the worst person this could have happened to. When it gets to hers, she had ordered nuggets. But what she got was grilled nuggets. Listen, if you go into an eyes wide open and you know you're ordering grilled nuggets, they're not a bad option. They taste pretty good. But man, if you have just walked like 10 miles in a theme park and you have burned a couple thousand calories and you have earned real nuggets and they put grilled nuggets in there, man, it might as well be like broccoli or tofu. It's terrible, you know? And so, man, it was an ugly scene. You know, the kids were, the kids were asking, and I asked Danielle if I could share this story. She said I could. The kids had asked for, you know, Chick-fil-A sauce. Mom, I need some sauce. It was coming back there like a Paul Skeens fastball, man. She was, she was throwing that sauce at them. <laughs> and I was so thirsty. I was so thirsty, but I was scared to ask for a straw. And I'm looking at my drink, and I didn't know what to do. And I looked in the corner of my door, and there was an old straw from our drive up. And it was kind of gross, but it was better than the alternative, you know? I didn't want to ask for anything in that moment. But you know, I, I think about that story, and I know it's a long story. Uh, but you know, the point is, for me, Danielle would say it, it could have been avoided if I would have let her check the bag. I'm gonna say it could have been avoided if they would have heard my words. And this is, this is Chick-fil-A in Orlando. Chick-fil-A in Baton Rouge, I don't want y'all catching any strays. You guys are awesome. Um, I'm there all the time. But if they would have heard my words and followed them, you know, it was right on the screen. It was right on the receipt. But they didn't follow the instructions that I gave. And because of that, man, we found ourselves in some trouble. You know, we can't just hear the words of Jesus. We can't just come to church and hear the words of Jesus, hear a good sermon, and then go about our life like, like nothing ever happened. You know, it's great to have a daily discipline of reading God's word, but if we're not allowing it to change us and mold us and shape us, is it really fulfilling the purpose that it's supposed to in our life? We've got to allow God's word to change us. You know, when Jesus says in the, in the Sermon on the Mount, he says, love your enemies. He says, don't lust, be generous, turn the other cheek, go the second mile. You know, those aren't just good ideas, you know, novel concepts. These are commands that Jesus has given us. You know, God's word, it's not a book of suggestions. It's the standard that we are supposed to live by. And partial obedience is not true obedience. 
You know, whenever I was in that drive-thru that night, they got the order like 90% correct. But that 10% that wasn't right, it messed up everything. And so we can't just, you know, get to where we dismiss or ignore the things about the teachings of Jesus or God's word that we don't like. We can't pick and choose the things that we want to obey, the things that we want to do. Because what happens is we end up creating a version of God that's okay with all of our life choices, that's okay with all of our decisions, and there's no conviction. We're never challenged. There's no sacrifice. And so in the process, we don't become more like Jesus. You see, we don't, we don't make God's word conform to our life. We conform our life to God's word. And I'm not up here telling you it's easy or that I've, I've mastered this and I've conquered it and that I'm doing everything right. But it's my aim, it's my goal, it's my desire because I know it's the best way to go through life. You know, I wanna encourage you with this. When you are aligned with God, when you are living according to his word, his will, and his ways, man, there is a rhythm that you find in life. There's a traction that you have. You get momentum. I'm not saying that you won't face obstacles and everything's gonna be perfect, but man, there's just a groove. There's a rhythm that you find yourself in when you're living according to God's ways. You know, a couple weeks ago, I did something I hadn't done in a long time. We were on a family vacation. I think they might have a picture of this. We went canoeing. And um, we were on Lake McDonald, and we, we took our family canoeing. Uh, do you have the picture? Is it up there? Uh, I'm going to reference it. So basically, there we are. Um, I was doing all the paperwork, and so when I got back, um, all the life jackets were gone. And so I got the last one and it, I think it was like three sizes too small. So it felt a little snug, but that's me in the front. That's my daughter, Olivia. She's smart because she doesn't have to paddle. And that's Danielle in the back. And, um, you know, I pushed this off, which put me in the front of the boat. And just FYI, that's not really where you want to be when you're canoeing. Uh, I figured this out pretty quick because we got out there and man, we're rowing and, and I, I'm just, I'm, I'm killing myself. I'm paddling so hard and we're going nowhere. I'm like, man, there's something wrong with a paddle. We stuck on a log. What is happening? Because we're not moving. I was in the front of the boat and I look back and Danielle and Olivia, they're laughing at me, you know, because I'm doing everything I can to get us going and we're going nowhere. And what I realized is that Danielle, she was in the back of the boat, and so she had all of the control. And so when she would just make like one stroke, we would go wherever she, wherever she was paddling. So I said, okay, here's what we're going to do. Um, you're behind me, so I can't see you. So you call out which side of the boat we're paddling on, and I'm going to go that same direction. And so she would say, right. And I'd go right. And she'd say left, and I'd go left. And then pretty soon, we were cooking. You know, we were zipping all across that lake. But I feel like that's, that's what it is sometimes in our walk with God. When we're doing things in our own strength and in our own ability, we're putting forth all this effort, doing things apart from God's word. But we go nowhere. But man, when we say, God, listen, I'm surrendering. I just want to do it your way. And he says, okay, right. And we paddle and right. And he says, okay, left side. And I'm going to the left. And all of a sudden, man, there's just traction and momentum in your life when you do things God's way. You know, life with God, it's not, man, it's not boring. It's not mundane. It's not a drag. It is the best way to go through life. Experiencing his power, his presence, his freedom. 
Jesus said, I came that you would have life and have it more abundantly. Amen. Let's keep reading to verse 24. Jesus says, anyone who hears my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Everybody say solid rock. You know, the most important step of any building process is the foundation. Because if the foundation, if the foundation is messed up, man, then everything else is going to be messed up. You know, if you're a contractor, you may not be there when they paint. You might not be there when they wire for the electrical. You may not be there when they put the floors down, but you will be there when they pour that slab for the foundation. Because if the slab is messed up, if the foundation is messed up, man, the whole house is going to be messed up. You know what I'm talking about? And listen, you could have the best finishings. You could have the most beautiful countertops, incredible furniture, awesome light fixtures, Man, your, your landscaping could be perfect. You know, you're winning yard of the month every month, making the neighbors jealous. But if, you're, if your house is not built on the right foundation, then eventually the cracks are gonna start to show. And it might look good to everybody else. You know, nobody else might know, but God knows and you know. And today we have an opportunity to examine our hearts and say, God, am I building my life on the right foundation? Because when Jesus is talking about building our life on the rock, you know he's talking about? He's talking about building the life on him. Jesus is the rock. He is the solid rock that we build our life on. In Isaiah 28, 16, Jesus through the prophet, God through the prophet Isaiah, he says this about Jesus. He says, look, I am placing a foundation stone in Jerusalem, a firm and tested stone. It is a precious cornerstone that is safe to build on. And whoever believes need never be shaken. You know, there are two promises that God makes to us in this passage when we build our life on Jesus. He says we're going to have safety, we're going to have stability. He says it's a cornerstone that is safe to build on. And he says whoever believes need never be shaken. Safety and stability. Listen, there's all sorts of things that people build their life on looking for safety and stability. I think one of them is money. You know, people think if we, if you have enough money, that you'll be safe and that you'll be secure. And it's not that there's anything wrong with money, but you don't want to build your life on it. You know, as, as much money as you could have, you can't take it with you. Jesus said, don't store up treasures on earth where moths and rust can destroy, where thieves can break in and steal. Instead, store up treasures in heaven where they will last forever. You know, why is it that so many people that, man, have all the money in the world, they seem to be so miserable and unhappy? It's because money can't buy happiness. It can't buy peace. It can't buy joy and fulfillment. That only comes through knowing Jesus. You know, people will build their life on other people. You know, that if I've got the right spouse, if I have the right husband or wife, you know, if, if you sit under the right pastor, the right spiritual leadership, if the right president gets elected, then we can build our life on that and everything will be okay. But the truth is man was never designed to meet those type of expectations. That's a burden that no one can, can bear. Only Jesus can live up to that because man, he's gonna let us down and we're gonna let people down, but God, he never lets us down. He never fails us. He is a safe place to build. You know, people build their life on, on status trying to create a persona, an image, gain popularity or influence, that if we can, you know, climb the ladder high enough, gain enough followers on our social media. But the approval of man, it's a bottomless pit. No matter how much approval you get, you just need more. It's got to constantly be fed. 
That's why it's so important that we don't find our identity in what we do, but in who we are. Because we're sons and daughters of the Most High. Because of what Jesus has done for us, the blood that he shed for us, man, God's opinion of us never changes. When he sees us, he says, you're right. You're my sons and you're my daughters. And so, man, we've got to build our life on that. We've got to build our life on God's opinion, not man's. You know, one of the things that I think makes God such a, a, a stable and safe place to build is because he never changes. God never, ever changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. This morning we sang about the same God, you know, how the same God that parted the Red Sea is available to us today. The same God that helped David kill Goliath, the same God that raised Jesus from the dead, he's available to us. You know, A.W. Tozer, he said that God is like a river, and I love this. You know, when you stand on the banks of a river, you can look in one direction, you can see where it's coming from. And then you can look in the other direction and you can see where it's going. But that same river, it's flowing right in front of you. And when we think about God, you know, we can look back in the Bible and we can see the God of the Bible. We can see his, his plan for creation, his, his plan for salvation through Jesus. We can see his signs and his wonders, but then we can look the other direction and we can know that he's coming back for us. We can know that we're gonna rule and reign with him in eternity, but that same God of the past, the same God of the future is available to us today and we can build our life on him, amen? You know, at this point in this, in this passage, Jesus, he starts to lay it out and he says there's two foundations that you can build on. You can build on the solid rock or there's the sinking sand. And that's the choice that we have to make. Let's read verse 25, talking about the man who built his house on the rock. It says, though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. Aren't you thankful today that Jesus is our firm foundation? And no matter what storms we go through in life, man, he can see us through every single one of them. But we are going to experience storms. You know, there are going to be times where we walk through pain and difficulty and heartache because we live in a broken world. But if we trust him, he will see us through the storms in life. But in order to trust him, we've got to be in relationship. You see, trust is built through relationship. And I'm not talking about just kind of casually knowing God, kind of just knowing about him, being familiar with church. I'm talking about really knowing him, walking with him. You know, I told you I was a sports fan, and years ago I was at an LSU game, LSU-Alabama football, man. It was awesome, and that day LSU won that game. I was at the game with my brother-in-law, Steve, and um, I don't know if you've ever been at a big LSU game when they've won. It's like everybody's family. There's no strangers. You're high-fiving everybody. You're hugging people you've never met before, and we're just hyped up, man. We are so excited, and we're leaving the stadium, and uh, we were going to meet some people that we had rode to the game with so we could drive back home. And man, everybody, it's just euphoria. We're just so, so fired up. And we're leaving and I see this guy and he just looked different, man. This guy was huge. He was put together different. And I looked at him for a second and I, I recognized him. I knew who it was. It was Ryan Howard, the first baseman for the Philadelphia Phillies. 
Now, at the time, Ryan Howard was a superstar, man. This guy just won the Home Run Derby Championship. He'd won the, the World Series. He was the MVP, been to all kind of all-star games. I mean, this guy was a stud and a superstar. And so I told my brother-in-law, Steve, I said, Steve, that's Ryan Howard. Man, we gotta go, we gotta go talk to him. And Steve's like, man, you're right, that is Ryan Howard. I was like, well, what are we gonna do? And he, and he looked at me, you know, and I wish I was like 16 or 17 when this story happened, but I was in my 30s and uh, had three kids. And man, Steve just looked at me. He didn't say anything, but he looked at me like, man, please don't, you know, please don't do anything. Whatever you're thinking about doing, just don't do it, man, please. Don't ruin this moment, man. LSU just won. And um, I sat there for a second and I was about 10 or 15 feet away from him, and I was trying to figure out what to do. And all I could come up with was I just said his name. I just said, and I said his first and last name. I said, Ryan Howard. <laughs> and I did kind of have a, a little doubt if it was him or not. And at that moment, I knew that it was him because he looked at me, and it like a, like a teacher calling rolling class. I said it, Ryan Howard. And he just looked at me and I looked at him and I realized I didn't have another, another plan. I didn't have anything after this. That was all I had. And so I ran away into the night, man. Me and Steve, we just ran off. And I'm riding home and I'm like, man, he didn't know me. You know, we didn't have a relationship. We didn't have a connection. I could tell you everything about Ryan Howard. I could tell you all of his accomplishments, all of his accolades, but we didn't have any relationship. And I think the danger for us is that we can get familiar sometimes with church. We can kind of know about God from a distance, but are we walking closely with him, man? Do we just know about him or do we really know him? You know, is he, are we allowing him uh, to shape and change us? Because trust is built through relationship. And you know, while I may sometimes not understand the storms in life that I'm walking through, I may not understand my circumstances and my situations because I know God and because I've got history with him and I got a track record. I know his track record in my life. I can trust his nature. I can trust his character. I can trust the faithfulness and the goodness of God, even when I don't understand the things that I'm walking through. Amen? Is that anybody else's testimony this morning that, that even though sometimes you may not understand what you're walking through, you can trust the goodness of God because he's been faithful in your life? You know, I think about the apostle Paul. No one built their life on Jesus more than Paul did. You know, wrote most of the New Testament, started churches all over Europe and Asia, but he, he faced a lot of hardship and a lot of storms and a lot of difficulty in life, a lot of persecution. He was in prison, he was beaten. But listen what he writes in 2 Corinthians 4, verse eight. He says, we are pressed on every side by troubles, but we're not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. You know what Paul is saying? Yeah, I've been through some tough times. Man, I've been through some hard things, but it's worth it if somebody sees Jesus in me through it. 
You know, not only will God sustain us through the storms that we face in life, but he will use those things to point people to Jesus through us. He will be glorified in it, and he will help us to grow in our faith through the things that we face. You see, God, he never wastes the storms in our life. He redeems everything that we go through for his glory. We just have to trust him. And when we trust him, man, God will bring us through anything that we can face in life. Verses 26 and 27, it says, but anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish. Like a person who builds a house on sand, when the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will cause a collapse. Uh, It will collapse with a mighty crash. You know, Jesus is saying, if you build your life on anything outside of me, it's not gonna make it through the storm. There's the solid rock And then there's everything else. You know, I love that old hymn, on Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. There's not multiple foundations that we can build on. There's one foundation that is gonna sustain us through the storms of life. You know, when I go on a road trip, a lot of times I'll plug in the the destination in Google Maps. And sometimes it'll come up and say, hey, there's multiple routes to your destination. It's not that way in life. When It's not that way in the kingdom. There's not multiple routes to our destination when it comes to heaven. If you were able to plug heaven into Google Maps, it would say, listen, there's only one way to get there. You gotta go through Jesus. He is the only way. Jesus says, no man comes to the Father except through me. And when I read this passage, man, I don't see a God that takes any you know, satisfaction, gets any fulfillment, enjoyment out of the destruction of people who aren't building their life on him. I see the heart of a father. I see a God that loves us, that wants to help us, that wants to come alongside of us and show us a better way. He's saying, build your life on me. Let me help you. Let me teach you. Let me show you the way to live. Build your life on the firm foundation. Build your life on the rock. Ben, you guys can come out. I'm going to end with this. You know, earlier this spring, my family, we were out on the, we were out on the Tickfall River. My family has a camp out there. And uh, we were on the boat, and I was driving the boat. And, uh, man, I looked up, and I saw the lights from the Coast Guard coming. And I don't know why, man, but I always get nervous. I wouldn't do anything wrong. But I always get nervous whenever I have to interact with authorities. You know, whether it was going to the principal's office whenever I was a kid or, uh, you know, meeting with the boss, whatever it might be. And so, man, they, they, they came up to us and they asked if they could board the boat. And I was like, okay, you know, come on. And they were as nice as they could be. You know, I was nervous for no, no reason. They were so nice. And what they wanted to do is they wanted to check our safety equipment. They wanted to make sure that I had enough life jackets. They wanted to make sure that I had a fire extinguisher on the boat, that the lights were working. They wanted to make sure that I had a float that I could throw over in case anybody went overboard. And it was a beautiful day. You know, there wasn't a cloud in the sky, but they wanted to make sure that in case we ran into a storm that day, that we were going to be prepared, that we were going to have what we needed. And, you know, I want to encourage you today, you know, those guys, they weren't there to ruin our day. They weren't there to give us a hard time, man. They were as nice as they could be. They were there to help us to make sure that we were prepared. And God, he's not here to hurt you. He wants to help you. He wants to come alongside of you today and make sure that you are building your life on the right foundation so that when the storm comes, you'll be able to face anything that comes your way. Amen. Thank you for listening. 
take a moment and subscribe so you can become a part of the community here and stay up to date with what is happening at Healing Place Church. For more information about HPC, visit HealingPlaceChurch.org.